What if this dream that I can see could change how things are to how they could be? Two letters, that's all. If takes a chance and risks a fall. Others say why. If answers why not. Dare to take action. If starts with a thought. One little if in one little me. To fight the current, to swim upstream. If doesn't ask when. If says now. From here to there. If is the how. If starts sooner, stays longer, keeps the faith. Gets back up, goes back to work, sets the pace. So now I'll start, I'll begin. Without the start, there'd be no win. If counts the cost, a price to pay. Sees the potential, then seizes the day. If today, then tomorrow. Show something for the breath you borrow. Take a leap, just a step, growing old without regret. Tell me now, what's your what if? What will it take to scale the cliff? You have the vision, make it come true. Sometimes that what if is you. In the end, it goes to show there's no telling what one if can grow. Finish what you start, and then the time has come to dream again. Who knows what a day will bring? What if this changes everything? Amen. What if? What is that what if for you? It's great to see you, and so glad you're here today. Men, uh, the Better Men event next week. If you ordered tickets, Tim will be out in the lobby in between services to give you those tickets. Meet here Saturday at 1.30. Uh, we'll leave at 2 o'clock to carpool to UCF. And if you haven't bought your ticket, you can go online and do that and meet us here. It's going to be a phenomenal time. Well, if you have your Bible, let's hold it up, and let's make this confession today like we really mean it. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. And I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been in this awesome series on what if. Of course, last week we uh, interrupted that with our 23rd anniversary for our church. And uh, Dwight did an amazing job. But today I want to talk about this. What if we were fully devoted, fully devoted? We say at the Father's house, our mission is, say it with me, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. I, uh, I wonder if we had time this morning to uh, have a microphone in the audience and say, would you tell me what fully devoted means? Explain to me what it means to be fully devoted. If we say that we're leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, in my mind, then I'm beginning to think about what does that look like? What does that look like? To me, if I can get a picture of something, it helps. I am visually incompetent. 
when we were getting ready to change the foyer out here and, and Jeff and Anita and the others were talking about move this wall, do that and something else. And Sean said, well, you could do this and that. I'm just standing there saying, well, I can't see it, but if you see it and if you can draw me a picture of it, then maybe it'll work. So to me, it's the same thing with fully devoted. We can talk about being fully devoted. Uh, I could ask today, how many of you feel like you are fully devoted? I think we're all in process. But what does that mean to be fully devoted? What does it look like? Well, I think that in our scripture text today, there is a picture of what it means to be fully devoted. So turn with me to Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. I'm going to look at several verses today. But this is the picture of the early church, and it's a picture of someone who, a group of people that were totally committed. It's a picture to us of what it would look like if we were a totally devoted group of people. So I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, if you'll follow along, whatever version you have today. It says, all the believers did what? devoted themselves. Would you underline that or circle that, whatever phrase that you have in your Bible? All the believers devoted themselves, or we could say they were fully devoted. And so what did they devote to? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. That means that they really wanted to get into the Word. They wanted to grow. They wanted to mature. They wanted to grow vertically, say vertically. They wanted to grow in this direction. So, so if I'm going to be fully devoted, then I've got to do some things to be fully devoted. One of the things that we talk about all the time around here is the growth track. In the growth track, it's a four-step process that in the first week you learn the history, the mission, and the vision, the beliefs of the Father's house. Then step two, belonging to the family. Then discover your purpose and make a difference. And you can become uh, a partner with us here at the Father's house. People say, well, I really want to grow. Well, that's a place for you to start and to grow. Another place that we're just getting ready to start is our, our College of Biblical Studies. We passed this brochure out a couple of weeks ago, and there's some out there in the, uh, in the information table for you. The Father's House um, College of Biblical Studies is an accredited institution bringing Bible college here to this campus. We'll have live campuses here, live college courses here. We start in May with our first one on the, um, and that's on a, a, a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning. It's worth three semester credit hours. And uh, you can also go online and you can do courses there. You can get a certificate of ministry. You can get an associate degree, a bachelor, a master, a doctor of studies, and a doctor of theology. Uh, and you can look on the brochure there that we're affiliated with the International Association of Bible Colleges and Seminaries and the others. And you can go online right now. There's a website at www.tfhcollege.com. And you can go ahead and sign up. 
It's a $50 one-time registration fee to become a student, and then every course is $150. $150 for three semester credit hours. That's unbelievable. And these are top theologians and top professors from around the world. Some of them, we will take their courses on video, but many of those I will be bringing in live. So some of you said, you know, I wish that I could learn more about the Bible. Well, let's see you put your body where your mouth is. We talk about that. Well, I wish I could grow. I wish, I, I wish we had another class here at the Father's house that would help me get deeper into the Word. Well, here it is, a college in which that you can make a difference with your life. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to growing vertically. Look at the verse. And to fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. See that word there, fellowship? If you have a Spirit-filled study Bible, which I think everybody should have, we have some out in the, uh, in the information or the resource table out there, but it will tell you down the bottom of your notes what that word is, that word fellowship. It's the word kononia, and it gives you actually two or three paragraphs there to help you understand and to know what that is. But one of the definitions of kononia or fellowship, listen to this, is partnership. We don't have members here at the Father's house. We have partners because you can be a member of something and never get involved. But it's hard to be a partner and not get involved. I am a member of the Kentucky Colonels, but I've never been to the race. Somebody signed me up, but I'm a member and in good standing if I, if I pay my money. A lot of people are members of a church somewhere, but they never participate. They just soak or sit or just sup. They never get involved. I don't know where those three came from. They just sort of came out. I don't That's for some of you Baptists, okay? But kononia, partnership. So not only were they growing vertically, say vertically, towards God, but they were growing horizontally, say horizontally. They were going, so let me ask you this question. What are you doing to grow horizontally? A lot of people say, well, I'm just, I just love God. I'm fully devoted to Him. I want to love Him. But I'm going to tell you, you can never be fully devoted this direction unless you're fully devoted, uh, devoted horizontally with others. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to be fully devoted without being fully devoted and a partner with a local church somewhere. It may not be here. It may be somewhere else. And our stylistics may not be right for you. You may say, well, you know, you're a little loud or you're a little soft or you're a little this or you're a little something else. Well, I can recommend a lot of churches. People say, well, you know, it's just too hard. You had to park in the back to get a parking lot. I can recommend some churches that are pretty dead and they got a lot of places for you to go. But what I'm saying this is there are some great churches in our area. And if we're not right for you, you won't hear a lot of people say this. They'll say, we want you here. We want you here. We do want you here. But if, if you don't feel like the stylistics of this house is for you, then let me recommend some of the 15, 20 guys that I pray with once a month who are pastors in this city. But you need to find a place somewhere that you can grow horizontally with other people. Look at verse 43. Because they were devoted vertically, because they were devoted horizontally, a deep sense of awe came over them all, 
And the apostles, read this with me, perform many miraculous signs and wonders. People say, I just wish we see more signs and wonders. Then how are you doing at being devoted to God? And how are you doing at being devoted to others? What life group are you in? Where do you serve in this church? Where are you part of that? Well, you know, I just, I just sort of come and maybe it just rub off of me. That's like saying, I'm going to park in the garage and I might become a car. No, you're not a car. You were never meant to car. And you can never really grow horizontally if you just come and sit. And we may be missing some great miracles because we're waiting. He, the head of the church, is waiting for you to be fully devoted vertically and fully devoted horizontally. And all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They were givers. They served one another. They sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need. They worshiped how? How? Not apart. Online church is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing when you're sick and you're out of town. But it's a curse. It causes division when it's so easy that, well, we'll just stay home and we'll watch online today. But they grew and they met together, not separately. And they were at the temple each day. They met in homes and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while doing what? Praise a natural out expression of being filled with the Spirit and growing vertically and growing horizontally is that you're just going to be filled with that. You just want to praise God. If you stand on Sunday morning and while the worship is going on, by the way, isn't our praise and worship team awesome? If you can go to a rock concert or a country western concert or a whatever, a Bill Gaither concert, and you can stand and you can worship and sing and a big smile on your face. And you come to church and you just stand and look around. I really wonder, are you fully devoted vertically and are you fully devoted horizontally? Because I know this, as I worship God, it rubs off on people that are around me. Now, they don't give me a microphone on Sunday morning. It doesn't say sing because you can make a good noise. It just says make a joyful noise. At least move your mouth. And look, and because of all of those things, they enjoyed the goodwill, one translation says, the favor of all the people. People in the world were attracted to the church, not because of a slick campaign, not because of something else they did, but just because their devotion here and their devotion one to another. And they looked at that and they said, I want what you've got. I want to be, I've never seen that before. I've never seen people being devoted to one another, serving one another. If somebody had a need, everybody jumping in on that. I've never seen that before, and I want to be part of that. And each day, the Lord added to the fellowship those who were what? Being saved. Those who, they were going out during the week and sharing the gospel, and they were being saved, and the Lord added to them to the church. They were passing out their invite cards. 
Have you passed them out? I passed all of mine out and got to a place yesterday and I was running dry and didn't have an extra pouch, so I got some more today. Who are you inviting to Easter? Who are you building a bridge to? Who are you winning to the Lord Jesus Christ? All of these actions, listen, all of these actions, meeting in homes, sharing meals, meeting together regularly in church services is in the Greek what we call in the imperfect tense. That means it's a continuance. They attended faithfully, attended faithfully, were in small group faithfully. They served faithfully. And it's all because they were devoted. Say devoted. That's the word proskartero, which means in your notes there, to identify with, to be closely associated with, to attach oneself to a person or a cause. You could just say it like this. They were a diehard fan. That's what it means to be devoted. I mean, why, why wouldn't we want to be a diehard fan of him? Why wouldn't we want to be a diehard fan to his church that makes a difference? I believe the local church is the hope of the world. I believe it's the hope of the world. And I want to give my life not only to him, but I want to give my life to a local church somewhere that's making a difference in people's lives. If you believe that today, say amen. Give him a hand clap. Say yay, God. There were two things that characterized their devotion. In in fact, Paul makes note of it later on in 2 Corinthians 8 and 5 where he talks about the church and he says, they exceeded our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord vertically and dedicating themselves fully to us horizontally according to God's pleasure. So what are you saying? He said, first of all, we're fully devoted We need to be fully devoted, here's the next fill-in, into believing in Jesus. Say, believing in Jesus. Look back up in your notes before we look at the other scripture there, into Acts chapter 2, verse um, 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. Say, repent of your sins. Turn to God. And to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is to you, to your children, and those far off, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Say long time. Strongly urging his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Look at this, verse 41. Those who did what? Those who believed what Peter said were baptized, added to the church that day about 3,000. So my question today is, have you believed? Have you believed in Jesus? Simple thing. I know maybe you've come to church all of your life. Maybe you was raised in a Christian home. But I'm simply saying this. Have you believed? Is everything right between you and God? You know, John 3, 16, we love that verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, say it with me, that whoever what? Whoever what? Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in him. Believe in, not a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. And then he goes on in that passage. We overlook these two verses every once in a while. Verse 18. 
He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. I don't care today what all you do, if you haven't placed your belief in Jesus as the only way for salvation, you're already condemned. And you're sitting here today, and the Holy Spirit is drawing you right now and saying, look, you've been going through head knowledge, you've been talking all those things, but you really don't believe. And because of that, you're already condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. But I love verse 36. Look at this. He who believes in the Son. Say believes. He who believes in the Son has what? Wow. Everlasting life. Better than an ever-ready battery. Life. That, how long is that? Well, it's longer than 100 years. What's well, longer than 1,000 years? It, it's, it's longer than 10,000 years. It's longer than 100,000 years. It's longer than the earth ever existed. If I believe in him, I can leave here today saying, I have everlasting life. Wow. If that's happened to you, would you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. You see, it's not that God hates you or despises you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross. Because you see, ever, the sins in our life have to be paid for. So you have a choice. You can pay for the sins yourself, and you're responsible for that. Or you can simply say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. You died on the cross for me, and I'm going to invite you into my life. I'm going to believe on you, not only with my head, but with my mouth and with my heart. You see, because they were fully devoted, they impact their community. They change their community. They believed. Second of all, fully devoted, they were belonging to a church. Fully devoted not only means I'm believing in Jesus, but I'm belonging to a local church. Belonging to a group of believers that, 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 that I realize and understand that I can grow horizontally with them. We were all created to belong. If you don't think that's true, think back in the memory of your mind. Just go backwards. Reverse. To the crazy, silly stupid, dangerous things you did to fit in. You know what your mama, your daddy told you, but the group, I mean, they were pulling on you. Come on, you, you, you can do this. You, and, you, and you had that desire to belong. You had that desire to want to belong, and you did really crazy, weird things to fit in because you had that desire to be along. This little old lady, every, every week she would go to the, local hospital, uh, to the local post office and she would stand in line to buy stamps. One day one of the postal workers told her, you know, ma'am, you don't have to wait in those long lines to get stamps. We've got a machine over there that'll give them to you 20 at a time. She said, thank you very much. But that machine never asked me about my arthritis. You were created to belong. 
If you don't know the name, I really recommend you to Google some of her TED Talks. Her name is Brene Brown. I can't always uh, uh, endorse all of the language that she uses, but she has studied for years. She's an author and a researcher, and she studied for years shame, vulnerability, and belonging. Those are her big areas, and shame on Easter. I'm going to talk some, about some of that, and boy, she's got some great stuff on, on that online. She says, in all the years of research and study, she's found that humans, listen to this, are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to belong. It's just there. It's just there. So she says belonging. Here's how she says it. Belonging is being somewhere where you want to be and they want you. Boy, I like that, don't you? Let's say that together. Belonging is being somewhere you want to be and they want you. I just want you to know, in case you didn't know it, we want you here at the Father's house. And I want you to want to be here. There's just something about that. We, we want you to be able to be here. They were devoted. That word devoted there means that they weren't occasionally in church. It wasn't by accident that they, they attended church. It wasn't when they felt like it, but they had a discipline that was manifest in being in small groups, praying together, and attending church. Some people today, not you because you're here, they attend church when the weather is right. If company doesn't come, this is really weird to me. I'll have, I'll have parents and grandparents say, well, we can't come today because we've got family in. I'm thinking, dang, in the Greek sense. You have just trumped being in the presence of the Lord with other people like you because some family came in. And you've neglected an opportunity for them to come and to experience a kononia, a fellowship like they've never seen somewhere else. It becomes too easy for us to not to come together. We're the body of Christ. So that means if you've, if you've been placed in this house, you're an integral part, and you're, you're, you're part of this body. So if you don't show up on a Sunday, and we've, now I know sometimes you're sick, sometimes you need a vacation, sometimes you're out of town. I, I know all of those things. But I'm just saying when we get slack and lazy and just become more like the world, and we show up, it's like waking up on a Sunday morning and saying, my liver says I ain't going with you today. But you got to process. you got to go with them. No, I'm not going with you today. That's the value you are. That's the value. Don't ever, let, don't ever let the devil tell you nobody will miss you. Don't ever let anybody say, well, you can just watch online. It's the same. It's not the same. It's not the same when my heart would stay home and my body would try to come to church. Let me read you a modern translation of this Acts chapter 2. The Christians were devoted to themselves and occasionally got to church when they had time. No one was filled with awe because there were no signs and wonders performed by the believers. Very few of the believers were together as they had almost nothing in common because they had no real time with each other. If they sold something, they used the money to buy something better for themselves. They ate on the run, kept to themselves, and were too rushed to enjoy one another and to give praise to God. They claimed to love God, 
but they didn't really love each other, and they felt very empty and alone. As a result, most people disliked them, and very few people were ever saved. Hebrews 10, 25. This is not the time to pull away from neglecting meeting together, as some have found the habit of doing. It's a habit. It's a habit. It's a disciplined habit. Because we need each other. Say that with me. We need each other. Look at your neighbor and say, we need you here. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge others onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Presence matters. Your presence matters. There is power in presence. For example, if I tell you, you know, you're watching online and I tell you I'm praying for you, and and I sincerely mean that, but that's not like you coming down front having someone who has the heart of God to anoint you and lay hands on you and pray. There's nothing like that. There is a power in presence. Imagine in your home. You have about five or six kids, and you find a good Netflix movie to watch and say, okay, I'm going to watch it here in the den. You go watch it upstairs on the other TV. You go in your bedroom and watch it on your iPad, and you go in the next room and watch it on your phone, and you go over there and watch it. We'd say, that doesn't sound like fun. What fun is more enjoyable is that when we all sit down together and we experience that Netflix movie together. It's not the same watching online and it's not the same watching it on the archives as it is if you have an opportunity of being here. I got to be honest with you. One of the biggest concerns and the heartbreaks that I have right now, not only here, but I I share this with pastors around the world, is that the average American attends church right now once a month. Once a month. I know that's not you because you're here, right? So that means I have 75 to 80 minutes a month which most of you spend more time on social media day than that. 75 or 80 minutes a month to help transform you into being a fully devoted follower of Christ. I'm perplexed. I don't know what to do with that. Guilt doesn't work. But I think part of the thing is that we don't realize how much that he really values us being fully devoted vertically and fully devoted horizontally. I understand everybody's busy, right? Anybody here not busy? Wow, nobody lied today. Thank God I asked the right question. We're, we're busy, right? We have meetings. We have soccer. We have baseball. We have ballet. We have drama. We have football. We're busy. How do, how do you get to the place of attending church faithfully? It becomes a priority. It, say Priority. If you trump church, remember Scripture says, don't forsake the assembly together. Don't, don't, don't neglect that. If you keep trumping church, something else is more important than church. For being tired, well, we were out late last night. The game was out of town. We had out-of-town guests. 
It's just really hard this morning. What are you trumping to be in the presence of God? What are you saying? I'm going to give that up because I realize how important it is and how much I'm needed to be with my fellow brothers and sisters. Parents, don't be surprised. If you continually trump something else for being in the presence of God, that when your kids get old enough to make their own decisions, Jesus and church is not a value in their life. Just saying. I believe presence matters. If you want something better, you got to choose something better. Presence matters in personal relationships. Somehow, uh, somehow if you're going to develop in a relationship with somebody, it takes being there, right? I have people all the time, well, I really feel like I have a prophetic word for you, brother. They don't even come to church. I have a prophetic word for you, and I'd like to come and deliver it to you. Well, I'm going to tell you, here's how I'm going to judge a prophetic word. First of all, are you a partner with us at the Father's house? Have you been through growth track? Do you tithe? Are you a giver? And you say, well, that seems pretty legalistic. It doesn't. It says if we don't tithe, we rob God. And I don't care what Uncle Billy Bob said, that tithing is not for, for today. When Jesus said you ought to tithe, I believe that. So I'm not going to listen to a robber give me a prophetic word if they're not tithe. And before I meet with you, I'm going to check and make sure you're a partner here. You're a partner with us. And second of all, that you're a giver and you understand that he has to come first in your life. Sorry. That's me. That's how I judge that. I have prophets speaking into my life that I value, that I know. But if I don't know you, if you don't have a track record of being committed here as a partner, and you're not a faithful tither, at least somewhere, I, you don't have a word for me. You're, you're just full of yourself. Well, I ran off some right there online. Presence matters. Presence matters in feeling loved. Now, you can love by watching online, but you can't fully love. I read, a, I read an article the other day that said two in five married couples now meet online. But how many of you know that they don't just stay online? Right? That may be the initial. Some of you may start coming to Father's house a year before you ever come here online. But, you know, once you get here and come online, there's just something about developing that love and that relationship. You know, love can be expressed online, but the fulfillment happens when we make personal contact. Presence matters for irresistible experiences. I can't tell you. And you can watch online and you can go to the archives, but when that moment happens... You know what I'm talking about? When that moment happens and we experience the presence of God in this house, that can't be duplicated. Presence matters and experiencing these experiences with him. And, and it matters for serving. Online, you can't find a place to serve the Father's house online but something happens when you get up early on Sunday mornings and then you greet people. You help park cars. You go rock babies. You're, you're the second grade uh, small group leader. You serve on a production team. You find a place in serving where that serving becomes greater than yourself. You move beyond yourself. Yourself. 
You say, well, why don't you serve? Well, I'm so busy. No, let me give you the answer. The reason you don't serve is because you're selfish. Hello? What? Let's get to the bottom line. You're selfish. It's all about you, your time. You, you don't want to hang out. I, you don't want to do something for somebody else. Amen? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people that are not here. And here it is. Presence matters for kids and teens. Parents, grandparents, you can catch a podcast. You can watch online. But your kids miss something. They miss being with their friends who are running in the same direction as they are. They miss another voice, a small group leader next door who knows their name, their favorite food, their hopes, and their dreams. And what they experience next door is unreproducible online. I believe, parents, the greatest loser is your kids. Your kids. Let's pray. Father, thank you for reminding us today that being fully devoted means that I'm fully devoted vertically and I'm fully devoted horizontally. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a desire to be more devoted to you. As you're sitting there and thinking about your life right now, maybe you'd simply say, you know what, I'd like to be more devoted vertically and horizontally. So Father, I pray for those today that have that desire for meaningful relationships to help and meet the needs of others. Lord, don't let us get so accustomed to creating the habit that we no longer come. And then many times it's our family that suffers even more than we suffer. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you, to die for you, to die for you. Jesus said, you want to know what the father's like? Look at me. And what did Jesus do? He was always helping people, always loving people. He hung around with those that were the lowest of low, the sinners. He loved them, but he loved them too much to leave them there. What I recognize today is that some of you are one prayer away from a life change this morning. One prayer away from your eternities and your destinies being put in a different direction. And today it's just simply saying, look, Jesus, I, I turn to you. I surrender my life to you. I need you. In just a minute, I want to pray today for some of you that are here and You've never invited Jesus into your heart, into your life. I mean, in fact, if you were to die today, you're not really sure that you're ready to meet him because you've never really transferred your trust onto him. You have a head knowledge of him, but you've never really believed with your entire being that Jesus is the only way to get to God. 
Would you allow me the great honor and privilege of leading you in a prayer today for that? Scripture said, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, I can be saved. So right now, as this church is silently praying for you, if you're here and you say, Terry, I, I know I need the Lord. I, I feel him drawing me today, and I need him to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life, and I know he loves me, and I want to make a change in my life today. Would you raise your hand right now, make eye contact with me, and say, that's me. I need you to pray with me today. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Others today, just lift your hand. Thank you. Others today, just lift your hand, make eye contact with me, say, that's me. Or maybe those of you watching online, just raise your hand right there. I know it may seem silly, but just raise your hand right where you are. Others today, say, that's, that's me, Terry. I want to be sure without a shadow of a doubt that I'm ready today to be with the Lord. I feel like there's someone here today that the Lord is speaking to you, and it's not an accident that you're here. You've been playing around with a lot of things, but not Him. And if you continue on the road that you're on, you're going to find disaster because the end of that road is darkness. The end of that road is the collapse of your life and the hope. Listen to Him today as He's drawing you. That's not me. That's not me that's causing your heart rate to increase. That's not me that's causing your palms to begin to sweat. That's not me for that, that, that tear, the anxiety that you feel. That's a Holy Spirit saying, today's the day. Today's the day. So if that's you, just, just raise your hand and let me pray with you today. Man, I want to pray with you today. I want to believe with you today. Pray this prayer with me today, everyone. Father God, I thank you today for loving me for dying for my sins. And I come to you today and I invite you into my heart and into my life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Lord, that you died for my sins and God, God raised you from the dead. Forgive me. Become my Savior. Fill me with your Spirit as best as I know how. I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Wow. Hey, friends. Thanks for watching today. And I believe that today's teaching was life-changing for you. We prayed that way, and we believe that it would. And so I just want to say in advance, thank God for how he changes our life through the power of his word. I would um, encourage you today that if you've never made Jesus the Savior of your life, the Lord of your life, I would love to pray with you today and for you to make that decision. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. That's what's so very important. So I'll pray a prayer, and uh, you put your heart to it, and you pray this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins on the cross. I could never get good enough to come to you in your holiness. But I know that Jesus died for my sins and he rose again on the third day to give me a new start, a new beginning. So today, I repent of my sins and I invite you into my life. And as best as I know how, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk day by day in your strength and your power. 
Man, I hope you prayed that prayer today. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you call the church office or let us know that you prayed that prayer. I have a book that I'd like to give you that'll help you know the next steps to take. Uh, Giving our heart to the Lord is not just something that we do to get the guilt or the bad feeling away, but it's a life change. It's new things that we start doing, and the book that I want to give you will help you in that. Also, if you have any prayer requests, we'd love to join with you in praying about those. And uh, if the Father's house and these teachings have uh, blessed you and you've benefited from them, would you consider supporting the Father's house? Uh, First of all, through prayer and encouragement, and second of all, through financial support. That's how we continue to keep our missionaries going. That's how we're able to keep these sermon series going out to you. And so if you'll just ask God what he would have for you to do, I would really appreciate it. So just remember, here at the Father's house, we don't care where you've been. We just care where you're going. And I think you're going in the right direction. So I want to see you next week as you watch here from the Father's house as we bring you the word that will change your life.